dude doesn't like me for whatever reason. He wants to say I'm not black enough. I'm not good enough. That has led, he's a person who's led to part of my depression at some of my darkest spaces. And he can take that however he wants. He could take it as, oh, I'm not. And bro, your words, they may, they may make people want to kill themselves. Right? Yeah, I guess I understand what he's saying. But on the other side of things, you saying that is weaponizing mental health. And the reason I bring that up is because Joe Budden himself responded to this saying, logic is reverse bullying me. And maybe people might not understand what he's saying, but he's 100% right. He's basically using, you know, mental, because it's not like Joe Budden is telling somebody to kill themselves, right? He is probably, you know, he has said some inflammatory things about logic. He's told him he's the worst rapper alive. He's this, is that. But when you are a celebrity, right? For better or worse, you are part of the culture and people are free to criticize you. You kind of just have to take it. You can't control what people say about you. So like the fact that, you know, logic is kind of saying, listen, bro, you, you've been part of my depression. Your words make people want to kill themselves. It's like, that's putting a big ass burden on somebody, right? Again, I understand what logic is saying. It makes sense. You know, logic should understand, uh, not logic, Joe Budden should understand that he's kind of coming at somebody with some serious, I guess, mental health issues. But it's like, you can't say, you can't end it with your words make people want to kill themselves because it's putting such a big burden on it. And that's what Joe Budden means by logic is reverse bullying me. You know what I mean? It is is bullying in the other sense of like whenever like, you know, we all don't like it with somebody or, you know, we think it's kind of unre- uh, um, what is it like not responsible whenever you say, oh, if you don't do this, I want to kill myself. Right. This is very similar to when, like, you're in a relationship with a woman or with a man, doesn't matter which side, and you want to break up with them and they're like, oh, you you want to break up with me? Well, if you do that, I'm going to kill myself. It's like it's almost using that. You're weaponizing that. That's a problem. So I totally understand what uh, what Joe Budden is saying. It was like, logic is reverse bullying me. And listen, I mean, that's the thing. You can't. Yeah, you just can't. There's such a tricky thing. I understand what logic is saying. He's finally responded to Joe Budden. He didn't even watch the video where he's apologizing to logic or where he's, uh, you know, explaining his critique of the album so he's gonna just assuming like i guess for his mental for the sake of his mental space which i totally understand but you know if you're gonna criticize somebody like logic is doing right now saying listen you you've led to my depression you your words make people want to kill themselves it's like at least try to understand the guy you know what i mean because that's not what he wants if he would have watched the video where he was talking about you know, where he apologizes to Logic and explains his point of view and reviews the album and gives a very good, you know, reason as to why he doesn't like your music, which, you know, it's funny because, yeah, like I remember because I, I never understood the hate that Joe Budden had for Logic, right? Like for the longest time, he has never really liked Logic. It all kind of started or it really it all got really big when, you know, when he was like Logic is the worst rapper of all time, which... He wasn't being serious. I mean, I understand a lot of people think he was being serious. Joe Budden was not being serious when he said Logic is the worst rapper of all time. This is a very funny statement. I mean, I like Logic as an artist, but I was fucking laughing. You know how many times I've rewatched that clip? That shit is so funny. 
because it's a joke. He's not really saying that Logic is the worst rapper of all time. Obviously, there are way worse rappers. You know what I mean? If anybody took that serious, I mean, I question your moral judgment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I question your understanding of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand how anybody could think that he was being serious and genuine when he said that. But people did. So, yeah, so it all started with that. So now I understand, you know, and Peter Rosenberg, who's the person interviewing Logic that got this answer out of him, that's another person who does not like Joe Budden. Joe Budden has had beef with him, too. So this whole scenario is kind of like, it, it makes you choose choose sides, right? Like the, like the Logic fans are going to be like, yeah, Logic, tell him. Joe Budden is irrelevant. You're a way better rapper than him. He he does make people want to kill themselves. And then the Joe Budden fans, which I guess I could be considered one, but I'm not really a Joe Budden fan. You know what I mean? I don't want to be I'm I'm nobody's fan. I don't I'm not I don't pledge allegiance to anybody. I just enjoy shit that people do and then for my own opinions. But the Joe Budden fans are like, nah, Logic, your shit is trash. So it's almost like this this whole thing, this whole scenario shit that's been happening doesn't really lead anywhere. Logic always uses that, too. That was like, yo, you've never met me. We've never talked. How can you talk about me if we've never talked? It's like, Logic, you're a fucking celebrity. You're a famous person. Everybody, most people that are going to talk about you will never, don't haven't met you and will never meet you. So it's like, what, what are you saying with that? Like, oh, he's never met me to be talking trash. It's like. Everybody can say that's the thing. I think a lot of people in the limelight, which I hope to be in one day, you know, don't understand that, like, at a certain point where you become really big, people are just able to say whatever the fuck they want. And you can, you know, you can't control them. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't control people saying whatever the fuck they want about you. And you can't really get down. And I mean, I understand you have depression or whatever. And you see that it makes you sad. But it's like you also kind of have to accept the fact that people are just going to be positive about you or negative whatever it is you know what i mean but yeah logic uh finally responded to the joe button thing which i've been wondering like i thought he was gonna even like send some bars like maybe diss joe button you know what i mean like i was thinking that was gonna happen but i guess that never did happen but this is the official way that he's responded now i'm just gonna wait to see how he joe button responds on the podcast he's just gonna say you know what i said you know what I mean? Because he has actually said this in the past. Like, even when Chance did this, when Chance said, you know, when he alluded to him being suicidal because of the critique, like, Joe Budden got really angry at him because he felt like he was using it. I feel like Joe Budden might, like, go off on Joe Budden as well, um, on Logic because of doing this. Because let's be honest, even if you're a Logic stan, listen, if any Logic stands are watching this or listening to this, listen to me. You can't admit, you should be able to admit that telling somebody your words make people want to kill themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't really say that. That's putting so much fucking responsibility. Like, I can't get over this. You can't do that, Logic. You can't say somebody's words make them want to kill themselves. You know, it's possible that that might be true. That might have been true for yourself, too, right? Like, who knows? He said the Joe Budden's, like, words led to a lot of his depression or whatever the fuck he was saying. But it's like, you cannot say that. You can't put that burden on somebody else, especially if they're not being, like, that crazy. Granted, if Joe Budden was out here saying, listen, if you have mental issues, fucking kill yourself, motherfucker. You're a weak piece of shit. You don't deserve to live. Right? If Joe Budden says that, then it's like, okay, Joe Budden, you need to relax. But Joe Budden is just kind of criticizing and making fun of 
Celebrities. It's not even like regular people. It's celebrities. And what does he mean by his words make people want to kill themselves? I think he was just saying that in general, but it referred to himself. But like, who else? I mean, you know, he's talking about celebrities. You know, just because Joe Budden says something negative about you, you're going to kill yourself? That doesn't make any fucking sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't put that burden on somebody, unfortunately. You're weaponizing mental health, and this is exactly what Joe Budden is going to say on his podcast. But I'm telling you, that's what a rational and logical person, no pun intended, would say about this situation. Probably even Logic himself would probably admit that maybe that wording was the wrong wording. I wouldn't doubt it. He he he. It, it did seem like he kind of that was like off the cuff, just randomly kind of said it. Didn't really think about those words coming out of his mouth. But that kind of burden is really big on somebody. And I appreciate the way Logic, uh, Joe Budden is responding because it's so funny. Logic is for sure reverse bullying him. <laughs> <laughs> he's for sure reverse bullying and like in in the academics like instagram page he just responded smh like shaking my head i find that funny that that's how he would respond short man talk about i mean yeah talk about a, a segue short man run the fucking world there's no one better than short man motherfucker listen to me granted short men have done some horrible things in the past most recently the Tory lane situation you know what I mean? That wasn't a good look for us short guys, especially when it comes to, like, tall women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, you know, that's going to drive a lot of tall women away from short men because they might think because they might think they're making the stallion levels of hot or whatever. Or they're set, they, they identify with making the stallion. So then they're like, yeah, I can't be with a short guy like Tory Lanez. He's going to try to shoot me. That's what all the, t- all the tall girls are going to be saying. But, uh... <laughs> That's what all the tall girls are going to be saying. They're going to be like, yeah. (laughs) All the tall girls are going to be like, I can't be with no short man. They're going to shoot me. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny because that's probably what's going to happen. So, Tory Lanez, fuck you for damaging our reputation. But before that Tory Lanez shooting, you know, we were doing great. I mean, the fact that Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez were having sex, supposedly, uh, allegedly, you know, those just shows that, you know, short men are the shit, you know what I mean? Like, as a short guy, I've always struggled. I think I still have a little bit of an issue with being called short, but I feel like my ego and narcissism is so fucking strong that, like, I'm starting to not give a fuck about it just because I feel like I'm bigger than what I should be, or just basically what I'm trying to say is, like, that I'm, 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 you know, my personality and, and, pers- and, you know, who I am as a person, it's like towers over anybody. So, like, my actual physical height doesn't really bother me. But, listen, that Tory Lanez scenario just shows that short men, I mean, let's think about all the popular short men. Like, listen, you know how many times I've looked up? Because, you know, obviously, like I said, being short, you get made fun of a lot, right? As you go- you're growing up, it's like, oh, you're so short, you're this or that, right? Like, you definitely get made fun of. So, like, I would always look up who are famous people that are short. And a lot of really big, influential, famous people, especially on the hip-hop scene, are short. I mean, Lil Uzi, Tory Lanez, Lil Wayne, Bruno Mars. It's not necessarily hip-hop, but now I'm, you know, going into music. I can't remember anymore right now off the top of my head, but I remember those always sticking out when I heard it. And, and then you're looking at historical shit, like fucking Napoleon. You know, where the the term Napoleon complex comes from. Regardless, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I am 
a short guy, and I'm proud of it because short guys run the world. And I feel like there is something interesting about short men that, you know, it's like as a man, right? Like being like really like 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 a man, like a man's man, right? You kind of have to, you can't be short because they see that as kind of like weak and feminine. But, but ironically, I feel like short guys end up being the like most manly man because they have to overcompensate for their height. It's just funny. I mean, short men, like I said, it's just, you know, I, now I'm starting to kind of like embrace my shortness. <laughs> this is like when fat people decided to be, you know, like fat, being fat doesn't matter. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm the Lizzo of short guys. You know what I mean? Like I, I am owning my shortness. I am a fucking short king. I mean, listen, even, um, you know, Cody Ko and Noel Miller, the tiny meat gang guys, they made a song called short Kings Anthem which I very much, um, you know, resonate with. But regardless, you know, I am the Lizzo of short men. You know what I'm saying? I'm owning my shortness and shoving it up your face and being real proud of it. And if you want to say something to me, say it to my fucking face. Oh, also, another thing about short men, for some reason, they attract tall women. People do not fucking understand it. Whenever I bring it up, people are like kind of, they're kind of confused by it. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Why would a tall woman want a short guy? Listen, there's, it's a weird phenomenon. And I've tried to, I've tried to like try to understand that recently. For one, I think, you know, what what would be the reasons? Let, let me tell you the reasons why tall women like short guys. And this is something even Charlemagne the God brought up. Oh, well, there you go. That's another short person, like very short person who's very, you know, big in the broadcasting industry i guess in the same industry i'm trying to be in but even he was like yeah like uh uh short guys you know like tall women were really attracted to me growing up and people like made fun of him like when he said that on his podcast but i was like i listened to it i'm like oh shit yeah i feel like all short guys feel the same way because it's fucking true and people it just doesn't make sense in the in the light of nature you know in humanity that shit doesn't make any fucking sense why would a tall woman want to be with a short guy but that's actually 100 percent facts you know what i'm saying that's facts uh what was i saying uh yeah like the reason why tall women might like short guys it's because you know for one i think short guys like i said have to overcompensate for being short as a guy and they end up being somewhat even sometimes even the manliest of men you know what i mean like the most confident guys can be short guys and, and women love confidence so then they're like they can kind of overlook the shortness because they feel like they're very confident that's what women like so that's one told women you know could like short guys for that two it could be that um and this is a very interesting one that my sister told me that I never really thought about but made a lot of sense. That tall women kind of subconsciously like short guys because they've always been made fun of for being tall. Because, you know, everybody always kind of does make fun of tall women. It's like, oh, you're so tall. Like, guys don't really find them that attractive, this or that, right? So, subconsciously, there is something about tall women wanting to, you know subconsciously get with a short guy because possibly in the future like speaking of nature right like th there's something probably inside of them that wants to get married and have kids with a shorter guy so that their kids are shorter and then there's something about shorter guys that want to be with tall women that they get married have kids and their kids are taller it's like there's like this happy medium when it comes to like 
uh, offsprings, like children, like giving birth to kids, that makes tall women and short men like together. But that's just always something interesting that I've realized about myself and just because I mean, I, I, I always say this. I feel like there's a lot of tall women that I've met. Most tall women that I've met have kind of liked me, I, I, I believe. You know what I mean? And um, people be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But then to me, it truly, that's just how I feel. I feel like a lot of the tall women do end up liking me. And I think that's why, because there is something weird about tall women and short men. And so that's why short men are fucking, are going to run the world. That's why I'm going to be the biggest broadcaster in the world because I'm a short guy and I'm, I'm going to channel this fucking anger and insecurity into the best fucking podcast I can make. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. But I mean, you know. No name says in a tweet, we love an African aesthetic draped in capitalism. Hope we remember the black folks on the continent whose daily lives are impacted by U.S. imperialism. If we can uplift the imagery, I hope we can uplift those who would never be able to access it. Black liberation is a global struggle. Global struggle. I totally understand what you're saying, no name, but... You are running at risk of becoming annoying and alienating the people you're trying to send this message to, which is funny because this is kind of what J. Cole says, said on his song that even I criticize. But I feel like now I'm starting to come around to the point that he's making. I do think no name is becoming somewhat annoying. This is kind of annoying because because you're starting to like you're very smart woman no name if you're listening to this she's very smart she knows what she's talking about this is a very intelligent tweet but there's something about kind of looking in the bad side of something that is generally positive right like she's talking about the blackest king film on disney plus that beyonce did the her visual album right she's talking about that and then that is kind of like a like almost like a applying the lion king kind of story with you know af i guess african aesthetic or just you know black like like african you know uh, uh mythology right that's kind of what she was doing and mixing it with her music as well she was doing that on her visual album and generally speaking that's not bad right like i think we can all agree that's not necessarily bad, right? Obviously, there are bad things about it, right? I understand that. That makes sense to me. But I'm just saying generally, I don't know if that's horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if this is something that you really need to criticize, especially at the moment of release and also not necessarily being this. This is a subtweet. You know what I mean? There's not it's not direct. It's not saying, listen, the the I love the blackest king shit. But then that's the other thing. There's another subtweet that could you imagine if this elicits a response from Jay Z and or Beyonce the same way her subtweet about Jay Cole did? I think artists I think she's an artist, right? And a lot of people find her as a peer. And I think when she criticizing them, they kinda of feel a way and they also probably feel a way that is like a subtweet. I'm starting to understand what, like, there's a lot of people that have an issue with, I, I'm starting to realize that I feel like a lot of artists and a lot of, like, celebrities and shit are probably starting to hate No Name. And you kind of have to respect it that she's going that hard for her cause, that she doesn't give a fuck that she's even, 
criticizing Beyonce was one of the people that you never criticized, right? Like, that's what's so crazy about this. But, you know, I feel like, but going back to my, my original point of, you know, the Blackest King, I feel like that's a generally good thing, you know, Blackest King with the title, like elevating blackness to a level where it's like, be proud of your blackness, right? I think at the end of the day, that's what it's about this whole visual album and the album that she musical album that she did in conjunction with the lion king i think that's the whole point of it but you know i do understand what no one even is saying that like it's very is nice and well to use african aesthetic to uplift ourselves but if there's other people suffering on the other end of that then it's it's like you said black liberation is a global struggle so she's saying what kind of feeling good about ourselves in the United States, but we should probably try to feel better about ourselves or, or we should not just try to be, try to feel better about ourselves, but also try to liberate black people all across the world, which is a big ask. That's the other thing. You know what I mean? This is something I've been thinking about a lot. When we get involved in like international affairs, you know, or try to fix international shit. There's only so much we can do because it is international, right? And what are the priorities? I feel like our number one priority should be where we are at. That might sound selfish, but it's like, I feel like you can make the most impact of what you're closest to. I don't know if your impact is going to be that big trying to help a place that's like a 100,000 miles away or however far, you know, it could or the other side of the world, right? Like trying to fix that. I think could be an issue. And that's that's what I feel like, you know, black liberation is a global struggle, right? I understand that, but no name if you're listening. It should probably be better to focus on the United States first because we know there are black issues in the United States has become overtly clear over the past couple of months. So I feel like maybe if we try to focus on that first, you know, then I feel like then I feel like we can focus on other places. But I feel like, you know, asking to fix or like help with things that are so far away from us is a very difficult task if you don't have the resources or, you know, because why the fuck would you I understand like black liberation this is a global struggle. That's true. But it's also a na- it's also a national struggle, right? It's a struggle that's happening here in the United States. And I feel like we should probably prioritize it, you know, correctly. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, maybe I'm black. Maybe I don't, I don't, I really, I'd be struggling with that. Like, I don't know if I'm considered black or not. I have no fucking idea. You know what I mean? Like I'm Dominican. So, you know, and I'm somewhat darker skin. I'm kind of like a mix. It's, it's almost like uh like Indian skin. I don't know how to describe myself, you know? So I don't know if I can speak on black issues. Like no name might listen to this. Like you're fucking Dominican. You're not black. You shouldn't get involved in these issues. And I'll be like, yeah, you're right. Maybe that's true. So I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is. I don't know. Fuck it. I mean, yeah, sure. You're 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 right. No name. I'm just a Dominican guy who doesn't know shit. Just giving my opinion on that. I feel like that that is probably that can start to, you know, alienate the people you're trying to help and the people you're trying to speak to. Like by doing this, I don't think this is gonna make Beyonce's ears perk up by being kind of a. Uh, sarcastic you know what i mean like we love an african aesthetic draped in capitalism i mean what else can it be in the united states everything is capitalism unfortunately and i don't like capitalism but it's just what it is that's the united states i don't know man you know i understand what no name is saying but i feel like this is almost like um 
I don't know. This is kind of counterintuitive, I think, to to what is happening in the in the United States in terms of a black movement. But you know, who knows? I'll tell you this though. Another thing about capitalism, it allows you to make money off selling fucking feet pictures and pussy pictures and ass pictures and just barely naked pictures. And that's why I love OnlyFans. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sponsored by OnlyFans. If only I was, I will take that shit in a fucking heartbeat. But, Jesus, I had to burp. No, listen. Why the fuck do people get weird about OnlyFans? I feel like OnlyFans is kind of perfect. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like there's, there should be anybody should be annoyed at OnlyFans. I don't think anybody should shame somebody who gets on OnlyFans. I already know one person that I've known from high school that has joined OnlyFans. And I'm like, good for her. Like, I don't understand what the issue is with it. You know what I mean? There really isn't any. Because, I mean, as long as you're like... There's people who there's people who use OnlyFans who don't even get naked. They're like it's like scandally whatever the fuck the word is. I'm, I'll be sometimes I'll be trying to use a word that I don't even really know. Scandally clad, I think is a word. I don't fucking know. I, it might have been I might have fucked that word all the way up. But very sexy pictures that people already post on Instagram, and they just post it on OnlyFans and make a lot of money. Is there anything wrong with that? You know what I mean? It's like, if you're willing to pay for that, it's like, this is where, like, capitalism is kind of good, in a sense, right? Because capitalism has a lot of bad things. But this is where capitalism kind of, like, is successful here in the United States, is when you're able to make money of, of, you know, whatever, and people are willing to buy it, right? So it's almost like an exchange, Right. So in at that point, it's like you're not forcing anybody to like buy shit of your OnlyFans. I don't know if I necessarily would buy an OnlyFans. Maybe if it's somebody I, I know personally who I found pretty and then they start one. Like I said, the one person from high school that I know did start an OnlyFans. I don't really find they're that attractive. So I'm not about to pay it. You know what I'm saying? But if it's like a high school crush that somehow got into OnlyFans, would I pay for it? Probably like the one month, whatever, like the lowest fee for one month like five dollars or whatever i don't know it's just like only fans is sorely needed you know what i'm saying it's almost like if anything only fans is kind of normalizing porn you know what i mean and like like i said you know people don't only use only fans for porn but i think it is somewhat normalizing porn and not and i don't think it's that's bad at all you know what i mean like i think that's actually pretty dope that that's happening, you know what I mean, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know, people, you know, make fun of people who even get together with an OnlyFans person, because people, listen, if that's your thing, I don't understand what's wrong with it, like, people get all bent out of shape when they find out, oh, your girlfriend has an OnlyFans, oh, you're a fucking zip, dude, like, they make fun of it, it's like, how fucking immature are you, you know what I mean, if they are with them, they don't mind, so why the fuck do you mind? You know what I mean? Like, leave them alone. They probably get off on their girl, you know, either fucking other guys or, like, selling herself on the internet. Make To them, makes her feel more sexy. Everybody, listen, sex is a weird thing. Everybody has their own different thing. You know what I mean? People feel differently. So I don't understand people who judge women that make money off of OnlyFans. I don't understand guys, people who make fun of guys who are with women that have OnlyFans. I don't understand any of that. It's perfect. Like, so you're telling me this, right? Like, 
you know, we all want money at the, at the end of the day, right? We all need money somehow. You know, some people go about it different ways. You're telling me, like, let's say if I was a guy, right? If I'm a, as a guy, if I could sell pictures of my fucking feet, right? Which I don't think I can because I don't think there's a highly sought after uh, uh, commodity in this world, like guy pics, uh, guy feet pics. But if I, for some reason, this world turned into a world that, like, really loves guy, like, man feet. Are you telling me, would you judge me? You're telling me that it wouldn't be smart for me to just create an OnlyFans and only take pictures of my feet and get like $10,000 a month. Like, that's like a no-brainer. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a total num- no-brainer that I don't think is that, that people should. So, like, when women do that, it's like, yeah. Why wouldn't you just sell your feet? You know what I'm saying? Whatever you're comfortable with or, or sell your fucking pussy. If you're comfortable with that, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. But, you know, you, people can should not judge when somebody does an OnlyFans because it's like you don't have to post shit and make a lot of money. That's just smart. This is a, a fucking savvy, a business savvy person, you know, and if you're not that, then um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you because I just feel like that's just a common sense thing to do. But. Yeah, I, I just don't understand people who judge, you know, who like, why would you judge that? I don't, I don't, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. All right, let's talk about this fucking Dominic Fike album, dog. I don't even like rock and roll, but this shit it got me out of control. Woo! Hey, 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 hey. Hey. What a start to an album. All right, so, yeah, I'm going to be reviewing uh, Dominic Fike's album, What Could Possibly Go Wrong. Dominic Fike is destined to be the new superstar in the music industry. You know what I'm saying? Even, listen, Billie Eilish herself said this guy is going to be huge three months before her album came out. Then her album came out, and she herself became huge. So you're telling me that if the biggest artist in the world, one of the biggest artists in the world, Billie Eilish, says this guy is going to be huge, he's not... Just wait until he gets a fucking Billie Eilish feature. That's all this, that I bet you that's coming. Listen, so Dominic Fike is this guy that I don't know much about. I remember being introduced to him by the Brock Hampton guys who made, a, like Kevin Abstract, the main guy from uh, Brock Hampton, did a video on him, kind of introducing him to the world. And, uh, you know, and almost it also like a pseudo video for his song Three Nights, which in terms of pop music, that is an incredible pop song. Super catchy, you know, mix of singing and rapping like very, very one of my favorite pop songs of last year, I think for sure. Three Nights. You know what I'm saying? That's how the song goes. I don't really remember the lyrics. 
<laughs> but that's just me humming the song. Very catchy song. So I was aware of him from that song, right? Then he put out another song, another sort of poppy song called Chicken Tenders, which is which I love almost as much as Three Nights to me. Well, how does that song go? You know what I'm saying? That's how that goes. So that he puts out that song and I'm like, all right, you're I'm in. Right. I'm in. I'm excited to hear your new music. Then he puts out another song, Politics and Violence, which was I like. It was interesting and it kind of somewhat gave me a hint of what the album was going to be, but not really in that. That song was very genre bending and kind of weird and experimental somewhat in terms of the sounds. Not necessarily like experimental, like like Ren, like like that's not how the song sounded. Uh, which is that, by the way, that's how every experimental song sounds. By the way, if you didn't know that, now you know. But what was I saying? Yeah, but politics and violence, like kind of experimental in terms of genre bending. How like it kind of started like a like a low key like indie pop song and then it turned into uh like a like a legit rap song it was weird i didn't love it at first but i did enjoy it so then that comes out and i'm like okay whatever i know enough i'm excited for this album to come out the album finally comes out what could possibly go wrong i listened to it and my first listen through was like oh man i don't really like this because it was very rock like indie rock heavy which I was not expecting at all because I hadn't heard him over this kind of shit in his the previous three songs I mentioned. Three Nights is a pop song. Chicken Tenders is a pop song. Politics and Violence is like a mix of like an indie pop and uh, an R&B rap, whatever the fuck. So then the first song, you know, that I played, Come Here, I guess on Lonely at Night. Like with a heavy ass fucking guitar riff. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Right? Like, it caught me off guard. And I actually didn't even like that song at first. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really like it. But whatever. We're listening to it. And we go through all the songs. I like the poppier songs, obviously, because that's what I'm accustomed to. Like, Cancel Me, Vampire. You know what I'm saying? Those songs are very uh, poppy. The only really poppy song. But then you get, like like I said, like the indie rock songs. Like... Double negative, uh, fucking what's for dinner, uh, you know, I think Joey, I mean, listen, there's some weird, like, styles of music in his album that I was not expecting, like Joey Blaze, I'm like, that, I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to, (laughs) that's near the end of the album, but I was like, what the fuck, like, that's what I'm listening to, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck, I am listening to right now. I don't really like it. So the first listen through, I really didn't like this album that much. I only liked like a couple of songs because I, you know, I generally enjoy rap music, uh, uh, rock. <laughs> I generally enjoy rock music, right? So I was like, okay, this sounds good. I enjoy it. But then, you know, um, I listened to it a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And a fifth time, and a sixth time, and a seventh time, and an eighth time. I think I've listened to this album like 10 times right now. If anything, because the album is so short, like 34 minutes, 13 or 34 minutes, uh, 15 songs, I believe. 
it's like really short, very concise. A lot of these songs are like a minute long, two minutes long, barely two minutes. You know what I'm saying? But I just enjoyed like this album completely grew on me. And now that is all that is to say that I fucking love this album. This is one of my favorite albums of the year. And Dominic Fike has made himself one of my favorite artists, like favorite new up and coming artists. If only because it sounds unique. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, I enjoy when people... I enjoy confidence in anything. It could be a movie. It can be a TV show. Like, directors of a movie, directors of a TV show. Or, in this case, an artist. If you're confident and are making unique music, I enjoy it. Like, unique sounds. Like, it sounds quality. And it's also enjoyable to my fucking ears. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna love you and love this album. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, like I said. In, like multiple listens like come here that opening fucking sets the tone up perfectly for this album which is a little bit of a rock and roll kind of style but also like genre bending and not really uh, and unexpected and like a minute long it's not even like a full song it's almost like an intro but it's not it doesn't say intro you know what i mean it's like yeah it got me in the mood then you go on, you go into double negative skeleton milkshake which is another like fun like rock like indie rock song, then cancel me, like another one of the popular joints in here, which is a very interesting song. I'm surprised nobody has made a song like this, but it's very smart that he did. He basically is begging himself to be canceled because he doesn't give a fuck about uh, fame, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So, which is an, a very, a, like a very clever pop song to me. Like, definitely perfect for these times. You know what I mean? Then you move to 10 times stronger. Which is a wild. It's like this one's like an interlude. It has this weird like Frank Ocean vibes, and then you come with the horns, and then just the singing. It's a weird. It's a wild song. Then you move on to Good Game, which is like almost like a country joint. It's nuts. I mean, this album is so fucking crazy with the the styles that it has. That I think that's why I love it so much. Cause you go from like a a um uh a country song with Good Game to why. Which is like a, you know, like an indie, like a Frank Ocean, like a pop song with some Frank Ocean vibes and then straight up pop song with Chicken Tenders, then another indie rock, then another pop, then another like like pop rock and then like Superstar shit was like a lo-fi, almost hip hop song, like super like lo-fi hip hop R&B. I don't know what the fuck that is, but it's definitely lo-fi. And I was like, fuck, Superstar shit. That's a great song. Now you move on to Politics and Violence, like I said, like a mix of uh rap R&B and uh and weird like indie indie pop, whatever the fuck. Joy Blaze, Joe, I keep saying Joey. Joe Blaze, Joe Blazy. I keep I'm misplacing the Y. Joe Blazy. That's another song that's like, oh shit. <laughs> Another like uh like a uh like uh I don't even know how to describe it. It's like that melody that I said like a very old school type of pop song, I think. I think that's a vibe that it has. And then you go to Whirly, which is yet another indie rock, and then Florida, which is a rap R and B mix, I guess. Wait, I mean this album is so nuts, but I enjoy it so much. You know, completely featureless. It, it explores a lot of sounds, very diverse, definitely very cohesive. It flies by, you know what I mean, which I love. And it's just generally enjoyable, and it's getting better and better with every um, with every listen. He's been signed by Sony, uh, Columbia Records, a division of Sony Music Entertainment. So 
definitely a major label. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's all that I can really say about this album. I'm just letting you guys know this is the next superstar, you know, rock star that you're going to be hearing in the next year or so. You know, after COVID is done, I think COVID definitely fucked up his rollout. But I'm still glad he put it out because this album was great and it's going to build his buzz, you know, more and more. And then when we're out of this COVID world soon enough, hopefully, then he's going to really blow up. Like next year, I can see him. I think this year was supposed to be his year, but COVID kind of fucked that up. But now he's almost, you know, getting the foundation ready. And next year is when he's really going to blow up. But I'm really excited for his future. Makes great music. I can't even wait to see what collaborations he gets with. Like, I'm, he could probably get a Billie Eilish feature, Frank Ocean. Like, as I feel like his features in the future are going to be as eclectic as this collection of songs is. But then again, like, very cohesive and it makes sense with the, with the project, whatever project he makes. But I'm excited for his future. I'm excited to see who he works with and uh, what kind of music he puts out in the future. So... Yeah, that's uh that's my review of What Could Possibly Go Wrong by Dominic Fike. One of my favorite albums of the year, for sure.